Hello and welcome to the Illumination Cinema Movie Podcast with your hosts, Tyler W. Moore and Christopher Strong. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the fifth Golden Jamie Awards. You all know Jamie, right? I'm Tyler. I'm Chris. Tonight's show will be split into two parts. On the first installment, we will be discussing every new film we saw in the year of 2020. After we've done the rundown, in part two, we will go back and forth, uh, naming our top five favorite films. Our number one picks will be bestowed the honor of receiving the Golden Jamie Award of 2020. We have a lot of films to go through for part one, and we're sure to have some duplicates between us. So we'll just talk about those together as they come up. Uh, some of which we already talked about on the podcast, so we don't need to go into too much detail on those. Uh, I should know that there will be no spoilers uh, in these episodes for any of the films discussed. Kevin Spacey is Kaiser Soze. <laughs> oh. But we're not talking about that film, so we're, we're in the clear. Shall I get us started, Chris? Yes, sir. Your turn. All right. So, my first movie of the year was Disney Pixar's Onward. Seeing the trailers for this movie, uh, I really disliked many of the character designs, the generic casting, and the overall, like, the way the previews presented the story. Making it free on Disney Plus was the only way I was going to see it, and I thoroughly enjoyed this film. Uh, I appreciated its creativity from beginning to end. I gave it an eight. Nice. Yeah, I remember you uh, messaging me one day and saying, you know what? The trailer did this thing a whole disservice. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, it was one of those, like, I didn't see it until maybe last month. Yeah. Yeah. We're recording this in January, by the way. <laughs> a <Yes>. little <laughs> peek, behind the, peek behind the curtain. Um, but... <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I watched it last month, like, and I, I figured, like, because I had no intention of going to see it in the theater, but, like, when it was on Disney+, Plus, I was like, I mean, that's a sign of goodwill, not that those really matter, uh, but <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, you know what, uh, maybe I'll sit down and I'll watch it, and I did, and you know what, it's pretty good. I should say, by the way, that Disney+, Plus like, got goodwill and then lost goodwill and got goodwill again, so. Yeah, I mean, no kidding, there's, man. There's, there's a little bit of that this year, so. Oh, anyway, yeah. Let's continue, sorry. Okay, so my next movie is The Banker. I never heard about this one until I did a trial of Apple TV to watch a different movie. Um, it stars Anthony Mackie and Samuel L. Jackson in uh, one of the many period pieces I saw this year. Uh, a really solid watch, a good story, and a nice surprise, to be sure. Um, I gave it a 7.8. But my next movie was a documentary, an interesting documentary, called L.A. Originals following two influential men, an artist and a photographer, um, who helped kind of define a generation of style and influenced several rappers. Uh, pretty fun watch. Uh, great ending, or sorry, <laughs> great editing on display. Uh, made for good background noise. I gave it a seven. My next movie was Mortal Kombat Legends, Scorpion's Revenge. This movie was almost in my top five. <laughs> this is the first Mortal Kombat movie I genuinely liked. The animation by the, uh, was by the same studio as Legend of Korra in the Boondocks, and they crank out some awesome work. I honestly expected it to go a much lazier route, but I only saw a few stylized uh, cut corners throughout the entire film. 
while I think it differs from other versions of the story, this is a pretty good representation of Scorpion's story and an excellent kickoff uh, to what I hope will be a series. Um, on another note, pretty much every fighter I wanted to see was in this movie, Baraka and Reptile especially. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I gave that movie an eight. I really loved it. <laughs> so this film also was in my top five. Like I was certain it was in my top five. By yeah. The way. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, this is a solid top five right here. Here we go. <laughs> and this year, so I didn't like, uh, usually I, I create my top five as I'm, as I'm going along, basically. So kind of like replacing whatnot. I was like, you know what? This time, this time like replacing it constantly. I'm just going to make the list and then like then pull from there at the very end. Right. And it somehow didn't make it in there. And yeah, I think you and I watched it about the same time, I want to say. Right, yeah. And I was like, when that, it first this, came that out. Film, this film really did have like this is this was made for the fans of Mortal Kombat. If you were like any any character you liked, basically here they are. <laughs> yep. Oh yeah. And I I was super happy with everybody's portrayals in there. I, I didn't have any issues. I also gave this an eight out of ten. Nice. And uh, yeah. No, I, I look forward to more like you know if, if they could make like another Mortal Kombat like this, you know, animated yeah. one. I would be super thrilled. Yeah. I'm hoping that Mortal Kombat Legends will just kind of become like an animated, like film series. You know? Oh hell yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. So my next movie is Beastie Boys Story, a fun little documentary of the rem- uh, of the remaining members of the Beastie Boys doing a stage presentation of the history of the band. Uh, nice insights, funny and enter- uh, entertaining enough. I gave it a seven. My next movie was Lights, Camera, Wichita, (laughs) a documentary (laughs) about Wichita filmmakers by our friend Raymond Reese. I appeared in the movie, as do a few of our other friends. It was fun seeing everyone and learning about a few people whom I hadn't met. Um, A little long, but I can tell they wanted to include everybody. Um, I gave it a 6 out of 10. You know, it's it's almost unfair <laughs> to talk about something you, like you're starring in. Yeah. But, um... It's a feature film I watched this you're, year, man. You're, you're, you're in. Yeah, you're in, rather. Um, yeah. But, no, I mean, I think I think your, uh, what you said is very solid, and I, I agree with everything you said. I just, I'm not going to repeat everything you said. I'm just going to say, yeah, it's same score. I, I love the fact that, you know, we can show off, like, local filmmakers yeah and that was the uh that was the fun of it like seeing people i'm like oh i want to meet that person i want to meet that person so on so oh yeah yeah and it kind of like yeah i mean there there are a few people i kind of knew of but i haven't met and you know we could could talk all about it but uh we we shouldn't do that (laughs) we shouldn't stew on a (laughs) on a a local movie that i'm in (laughs) i i gave your part a a one out of ten oh yeah no i'm the worst part of the movie um (laughs) So, uh, my next movie is Da Five Bloods, another brilliant Spike Lee joint with uh, collaboration from Kansas filmmaker Kevin Wilmot. Uh, this was one of my most hyped up movies of the year, having loved Black Klansman a couple years ago. While there are a handful of elements that I don't think worked very well, along with some, uh, not all, commentary that felt a little on the nose, um... The Five Bloods manages to be brilliant in its execution with incredibly tense scenes and some uh, genius filmmaking methods to tell the story. A lot of people say Spike makes every movie like it might be his last one. With how much he threw into this one, I happen to agree. I gave it an 8. So I'm I'm, I'm sure I'm going to be lambasted by others for this, but I personally wasn't into the film. 
Sure. It had this it had this weird like imperialistic take on the Vietnam War that I really didn't like. I know that Spike Lee's used to doing things like this, but I kind of just felt like the social ma- subject matter was a bit inappropriate for his style and humor. Yeah. And you know, there are a lot of aspects I enjoyed. You know, obviously the filmmaking aspects of it that were super fascinating. I loved, you know, a lot of yeah. what they did. But the aspects I didn't like, unfortunately, overshadowed uh, the film for me. So I gave it a 5 out of 10. There's like, I mean, something I've come to expect from Spike Lee is sort of the, sort of some like the shock value elements that he'll include. Or not not, ne- not necessarily just to be shocking, but like, because... I think he wants to have, like, an honest portrayal of some things. And so it'll end up showing you some things that you don't really want to see and shouldn't have to. But, so, I mean, like, that's something to know going in. And I feel like a lot of people wouldn't have known that. (laughs) Yeah, you know. I I definitely, like, I focus on the performances and the filmmaking. And that's kind of what got me my, got me my eight. But, you know, I, 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 I don't, I don't think you're necessarily wrong either. Um, oh, thank God. I never could put the torches down. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler's calmed down the masses. <laughs> um, my next movie, Inmate Number One, The Rise of Danny Trejo. Um, I'm so... Supr- oh. <laughs> so yesterday, I watched two movies. Uh, I watched this one first. I thought it was going to be my number five until I watched the next movie I saw. Um <laughs> And so my notes literally talk about it being my number five. Uh, but <laughs> Oops. I knew a little bit about Danny's story, and I've been a fan of him since I was a teenager. Uh, hearing a story in a documentary form with so many details is heartbreaking as it is inspiring. Uh, I adore this guy, and I hope he lives forever. Um, I give it an 8.5. If he doesn't live to the age of, like, 150, I'm going to be so depressed. We got... Yeah, we got uh, we got screwed. <laughs> if the queen live um, forever, Danny Trejo can live forever. That's, right. that's all there is to it. My next movie is My Brother Jordan. Uh, very well-made documentary uh, by a filmmaker looking back at his brother's life after he passed away from cancer. A nice feel-bad movie. Um, I gave it a seven. <laughs> Sorry. I've never heard it it's something described as a feel bad movie. <laughs> that, you need to, you need to pocket that for later at some point. <laughs> you, use that. Um, my next my next one is I'm thinking of ending things. Um, so a little bit of an asterisk on this one. I didn't finish it. I'm sure it gets better, but I bailed. Um, I expected something different from the trailers. Uh, the look of the movie was great, but it didn't grab me. Came off very pretentious. You know, it's a it's a Charlie Kaufman film. A lot of people talk about you know, like you know, every it's one of those things where everything means something, and it's very like you know, it it'll kind of just it'll sit on something for a while. I watched about um, like maybe thirty minutes of it, and uh, a majority of it was a car ride in the snow talking about mundane things and i'm sure it all comes into play later but i wasn't being entertained so i give it a question mark out of 10 um my next movie is called black box a surprise that i didn't hear about until browsing through amazon prime a pretty cool sci-fi thriller that i went into with no information and it turned out pretty good Uh, lots of cool twists and turns i gave it a 7.5 my next movie a little bit of an honorable mention here uh 
It's called World of Tomorrow, Episode 3, The Absent Destinations of David Prime. It's an honorable mention because it's a short film. Uh, it builds wonderfully upon the previous shorts in the series. You know, uh, with this year being a little barren, I figured it was worth bringing up. Um, I love Don Herzfeld's work. We've talked about it in the past. So I gave it an 8. Uh, highly recommend. Next up, I've got West Wing special to benefit uh, when we all vote. <laughs> Should this count? Probably not, but I am, but I am anyway. <laughs> As a fan of the show, this is a fun watch. Nice to see everyone in their parts again. As an actual episode, I'd probably rate it higher, but as a standalone production, I'll give it a 7.5. And, uh, you know, I'm a huge sucker for West Wing. Yep. It's my favorite series of all time. I tried to evangelize people to it. Tyler can tell you all about that. Sure did. <laughs> Even to this day, man, I tried to evangelize people. Um, this is a great representation of uh, what was a pretty good episode. Had a great yeah. message, which is uh, a little bit outdated now that at least the context of it uh, is concerned. Yeah. But, you know, overall, a fun production. Aaron Sorkin just constantly showing off how awesome his writing is. The writers. Flexing on everybody. Yeah, flexing on everybody. You know, the actors that were chosen for his, for his characters still fit so well into their roles. They just, like, they slipped right into there, like, as if nothing had happened. Like, no, no, yep. no time had passed. And there was a great substitution in place for the actor John Spencer. Yeah, uh, who had died. Um, yeah, for Leo, it died in 2006, I believe. Um, mm -hmm. I'm very glad they made, made this thing work. Uh, even in the pandemic, it was uh, great to see it. Yes, and I gave this absolutely. a, uh, I gave it eight out of ten. Cool. Speaking of Aaron Sorkin, The Trial of the Chicago Seven is my next movie. Knowing very little about the original events, I'm sure this film may have gotten some details wrong, but with Sorkin at the helm. It makes for an interesting take on a true story. A good cast, high tension, and a writer-director perfect for a courtroom drama. This film is highly entertaining. I gave it an 8. And I, too, uh, watched The Trial of the Chicago 7. Uh, it's one of the first major political trials of all time that we really had, uh, especially mm -hmm. on, ca on camera. Um, yeah. Government trying to shut down a large group of political activists. You know, uh, it's one of the many underhanded events of the nixon presidency the mm -hmm. trial itself uh is about as interesting as each of the characters some choices were a little strange in how they characterized certain individuals but overall they got the story about right i gave it a 7.5 out of 10 it was, uh, it was frank Lang langella right as the as the judge yes which i, I, man, love I loved I love hating that, him man. in that movie oh yeah yeah absolutely the man the man uh always does a great job of like even the characters <laughs> that you want to hate you're like oh but he was really good though <laughs> right yeah no he's like he did he, he's phenomenal in the part because he made me want to beat the fucking shit out of him <laughs> my next movie borat subsequent movie film i've never seen the first borat but uh being aware of the character is enough to initiate you for this one um plenty of laughs and comedic moments however it uh the film feels like it uh, was made up as they kind of went along and not like in an impressive way. Um, <laughs> it kind of feels like they're, they, they kind of just kept running into like, uh, walls and they're like, Oh shit, how do we get, get out of this one? Uh, this, I feel as though it's relevance begins and ends with the year of 2020. Uh, so I don't see many people like revisiting this one. Um, unless for like a, like a time capsule factor. Um, but you know, at the, when I watched it, 
I I got I got some laughs out of it, so I gave it a six. Fair enough. Um, of course, I too watched the sequel to Borat. <laughs> um, you hadn't actually watched the first one, right? Yeah, never seen it. I mean, you don't, don't need to. Um, yeah, I I honestly I can't believe I watched another Borat film in twenty twenty. I've said a few times if you were able, like, I said a few times about you know people slipping into their their former characters like it was with the West Wing uh, special. Sasha Baron Cohen being no exception to that. A uh, great addition to the cast was the Maria uh, Bakalova, yeah, who plays Borat's daughter in this movie. Um, it's a strangely lovely film, almost a cathartic feel after all the crap of twenty twenty, uh, and into this year as well. Uh, it seemed to understand the feeling of the, of the past year or so better than any really shitty internet meme probably could. Honestly, I liked mm-hmm. it better than the, than the original. It's a fun film. Um, I get about 6.5 out of 10. Yeah. Okay. My next movie is On the Rocks. I gave Sofia Coppola another chance after being burned by her a couple times. This time, it went pretty well. Uh, was I absolutely wowed? Not really. That doesn't seem to be the goal of the film either. I like a nice casual dramedy romp, and that's what this was. Uh, it's really nice when I can see Bill Murray in something good, and it delivered on that. Really nice uh, cinematography as well, which, you know, from the person who directed Lost in Translation, uh, you know, it's kind of to be expected. So, I gave it a 7.5. Good job, Sophia. My next film, Lupin the Third, the First. Very well animated. Lupin's style... Uh, translates well into CG. Uh, been looking forward to this one for, God, probably like two years now, something like that. Probably, um, yeah, yeah. A very fun movie as a whole. Lots of great moments. I kind of wish I saw it on a bigger screen. There was kind of an opportunity to do that, but <laughs> didn't seem <laughs> worth the risk. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I could say that about a lot of movies this year, uh, but I gave it a 7.8. Enough. Um, you know, uh, Loop on the Third is another one of those shows that I've always loved. And it wasn't mm-hmm. until like, like so a few years ago that I found out that it was Miyazaki and uh, Takahata that originally uh, touched on the show. And once, you know, it's long evolved from that version. The fun characters, exciting stories haven't, you know, run out of uh, their charm. Animation was pretty incredible. Moving characters originally animated in 2D to 3D is just, you know, a great feat, especially since they look so good. Yeah. Uh, the story itself uh, was a bit bland. Uh, yeah. Kind of tracked a few times, uh, but overall, it still had the loop on the third feel. Um, I greatly enjoyed it, and I gave it a seven point five out of ten. Nice. Uh, did you feel this way as well? I mean, I don't know, like what the because I, I I've seen a decent portion of like the original series. I've seen Miyazaki's film. I felt like like the usual side characters, like a lot of you know. Uh, his uh, compadres, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, they were barely in this movie. Like, they b- barely had any speaking lines. Yeah, for some reason, like, the movies like to like, cut down on uh, his friends, you know, um, which is kind of a shame, especially since, like, I wanted them to show them off a lot more, too, especially because, again, the animation uh, looked so good. Like, um, But, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate that, they, yeah, they, they cut them out so much. But, yeah, then, like, the... TV show will have him featured, you know, very prominently. It seemed like they kind of want him to, like, interact with, like, whoever the character is of that movie, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, But, 
yeah, I, I hope they do something like this again. That'd be really nice. Oh yeah. I, and I, and I'm sure they will that this movie, I think made, uh, made enough money. <laughs> so it, it did, uh, it did, uh, gangbusters. Yeah. Especially even during this time period. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I think it technically came out in Japan in 2019, we're counting it as this year because it was released in America this year. My next my next thing is uh, the Lego Star Wars Holiday Special. Uh, this was kind of a why not watch. Um, plenty of fun and actually nice to see a, a bit of a follow-up to Episode 9. Weirdly, it barely seems to acknowledge that Palpatine was in episode nine. <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel like yeah, I almost worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause he's, he's in the, um, this holiday special thing and yeah, like no mention, <laughs> no mention of him being involved in episode nine. Um, I feel like I almost would have liked it more if it was animated, but not in Lego, <laughs> uh, maybe like a, like robot chicken or something like, um, but you know, I, I had a, a couple laughs. It was, you know, it was nice. Um, so I gave it a six. Yeah. I mean, it was fun. Um, I don't have a huge amount to say for it. Like movies are usually very quirky. Yeah. I like, I like that. It wasn't afraid to make fun of its, you know, sorts of material while also, you know, reviewing it at the same time. Yeah. Not the best Lego movie. Not the best uh, Lego style movie rather. Uh, it's still a, uh, better, still better than the other holiday special. Oh yeah, we can speak for that. Um, <laughs> Although, uh, which one's gonna be watched more? I'm just, you know, <laughs> I should, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Anyways, yep. <laughs> I, I give it a six out of ten as well. Okay, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> um, so uh, the next thing I've got coming up here is the Fresh Prince of Bel Air reunion. Fun to watch in the background. Uh, didn't leave too much of an impression. Worth watching if you like the show. I gave it a five. Yeah, it was fairly rudimentary kind of uh, reunion special. Um, yeah. It was great to see, you know, some of the actors, where they are now and how they're holding up after the series ended all, gosh, what was that, 20 years ago? No. <laughs> uh, 30, I think. Was it? Uh, I think I think I was still uh, uh, alive. I was already born by the time it lordy but it, you know it was great to see you know a certain character come back or a certain actor rather come back to still do the reunion um yeah. but you know a good time uh about six okay maybe it was 30 years since it started probably so yeah okay maybe that's it um yeah no the i mean the the one disappointment is obviously something they can't help which is that james avery isn't there but yeah, yeah. Um, there's a nice little tribute to him and everything. So uh, next movie I got on my list is Mank. I, you know, I'm disappointed that this didn't make my top five. Um, and it's not because it was sitting on there. Uh, technically very impressive. Uh, in many ways, it felt like a film from the early forties, which I think was the goal and they pulled it off. Um, excellent cinematography impressively used a similar structure to that of Citizen Kane to get the story across. Um, however, I can see this being, I guess, like too inside baseball for most people. Um, <laughs> I'd put this fairly low on my rankings of Fincher's films overall, uh, but I, I'd still give it a 7.5. And uh, I, I've told you this before, but like, yeah. I this is the one film I didn't finish on my list. Um, I got... A little bit in, not very far, 
and honestly, kind of realized this wasn't for me, uh, mm-hmm. which is kind of sad because the subject matter should be for me. You know, what I've read, it's gotten some mild responses. Uh, you know, the actors are all good. David Fincher is an incredible director. I don't have to t- tell you that, though, Tyler, you know? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's an incomplete out of 10. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> um, next up, I've got Sound of Metal. A film about a drummer who suddenly begins to lose his hearing. I wasn't really sure what to think. Uh, the premise sounded intriguing, but elements were definitely better than expected. Um, there were some insights that I didn't expect into uh, how uh, some parts of like deafness work, as well as implants and all that sort of stuff. Um, some of what they did with the sound mix was interesting, as you could probably expect. I do wonder what it would have been like had they had it reflect the state of his hearing in the mix like more often. Uh, side note to any musicians out there, don't be a fucking idiot. Wear earplugs, protect your hearing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I gave don't it a be, six Don't out be like 10. Beethoven. I'll oh, say so six out of 10. Sorry. I interrupted you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Six out of 10. Uh, so don't be don't like Beethoven. Be like uh, Beethoven. <laughs> he was rocking too hard. He blew his, <laughs> he blew his hearing out. <laughs> no, dude. Like I'm, I'm always like, it's fascinating when you actually learn about what deafness is or like even blindness, what actually that stuff actually is. Because, like, you know, deafness, like, it's not just, like, oh, I can still, you know, uh, you, you don't, like, if you close your ears up, you still hear, like, white noise, like, the ears of your, like, the, the sound of your, what's yeah. going on in your ears. There's just nothing. And that's, right. that is, that is just, like, that's so freaky. It's hard to think. imagine nothing. Yeah I, yeah, I can't. I can't imagine that. It's, like, imagine nothing. I, I can't do it. <laughs> Next up, I've got the Bee Gees. How can you mend a broken heart? A decent background watch, once again. I've seen a different documentary about the Bee Gees before, so by comparison, I can say that this is the best one I've seen. Um, it did a good job of going through the pre-disco success, the subsequent fall from grace. Um, if you're curious about learning some uh, background on the Bee Gees, you won't be disappointed. Uh, I gave it a 7. And then the last movie I saw before my top 5 uh, was Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Obviously, this had a lot of buzz considering the posthumous release. Uh, Chadwick Boseman gives a great performance here, as expected. Um, I knew very little about the story and was excited to realize that it would be following a single event in one location. Uh, this is probably... I think I think this might be based on a play. Um, you always know. <laughs> you always know when it's based on a play if they're like in one place yeah, um yeah, yeah. definitely worth a watch i gave it a 7.8 and you uh you showed just about the bg thing for a second here you actually watched uh a couple of uh band documentaries this year i did yeah i'm all i'm all into that shit yeah so that gate now uh so you said that's the last one yes yeah okay. you go into yours your leftovers right. your scraps scraps so the first movie i watched of uh the 2020 films was superman red sun yep um so i messaged you yesterday and i was like man uh is it okay if i just you know i I feel kind of bad like saying how bad a movie is you know can can i (laughs) you think it's okay if i just like lambast a movie (laughs) this is the one i'm talking about by the way the movie sucked yeah 
Oh, I guess I should probably elaborate a bit more. Uh, it felt pretty <laughs> lazy. <laughs> lazy to set together. <laughs> I wasn't impressed at all by this film, except for like some of the animation work was fine. Sure. Uh, the story is a great concept. Just the execution was so poorly done. Overall, I thought that it was poorly made, needed some more script work. Thankfully, there are quite a few other, you know, incredible Superman-related films and stories out there you can watch instead. Like last year, we talked about, I talked about, rather, uh, Rain of Superman. Watch that mm-hmm. instead. Uh, I just hope that maybe someday someone will take it up again and try again. You know, I yeah. put it in the same kind of categories like The Killing Joke, where it's just disappointing. Yeah. You know, so that's this was a uh, 3 out of 10. That's what, yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking. Just another like another circumstance of a great graphic novel being turned into a shitty animated movie. And by, and by the way, and I've read the story of the graphic novel and I'm like, Oh, this, this changed somewhere. <laughs> um, my next film was Mr. Jones. Um, I had never heard of this film. It was just on Amazon prime. And all I saw in the description was, uh, a reporter goes to the Soviet union discover a secret plot and i was like oh cool it's probably something like world war ii related right so i found out that it was about a uh about a genocide oh i remember you telling me about this and i yeah. was like i was like oh god do i keep watching it's a really good film i like this i like the story a lot you know it's a, it's a worthwhile story to be told by the way you know there are yep. a lot of excuses for why things get covered up especially the backdrop of uh the world war uh world war ii I'm glad this. I'm glad that you know it's coming to the public consciousness more. I think it was only like 1990s or so when like this stuff was getting released to the public a lot more. Like we got a new ish about it, but this is about the reporter who like first like brings it to brings it up, and he is like you know dropped and everybody just says oh he's a cr- he's a kook you know yeah, uh, yeah. It, it should be learned about in the same instances as like the Holocaust and the Armenian genocide, um, and it, speaking like, it's, it's, of it's, things that get covered up. Yeah, no freaking kidding. Um, great film, uh, really interesting story. Uh, Seven point five out of ten. Nice. Very depressing, by the way. So if you uh, speaking of uh, a, a feel, feel bad, bad movie, <laughs> feel, feel bad movie. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> and now the opposite direction of <laughs> Mr. Jones. <laughs> Here's a great segue. <laughs> Bill and Ted face the music. <laughs> You know, it's about as good as the second one. Uh, nowhere near as incredible as the first one, which I hold very close to my heart. Oh, yeah. uh, still a worthwhile end to the series. A uh, few directions that I wasn't expecting the film to take, uh, both good and bad. Uh, it's great to see Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves fit back into a role. I keep saying fitting back into a role, by the way, as if it's just like it's like, <laughs> I'm a, like I'm a, a glove. <laughs> I'm like I'm like I'm a record on repeat right now. Um, but really, like, there's so many films this year where people came back for a role, and it's like this is nice to see that like you know that this isn't lost and that they they absolutely understood these characters still. Um, yeah. Yeah, like I said, nice to see Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves back. Um, Fun, fun little film. I gave about a six point five out of ten. Yeah, I remember because I was I thought about watching this one, and you were like, you know, it's no excellent adventure. It's about on par with Bogus Journey. I was like, oh, okay, I'm probably not gonna like take the time then. But uh, yeah. you know, I'm glad I'm glad that people liked it. I might I might see it eventually. It's not like it would have ended up in my top five. I'm probably like one of the one or two people that actually like a lot uh, Bogus Journey. So 
Yeah, just Bogus to give Journey's you, Just right. give you like a, some context there. I, I enjoyed Bogus Journey. Next up is Enola Holmes. A very fun film in the world of Sherlock Holmes. The casting was fantastic. Uh, Millie Bobby Brown uh, shines in a role that is not like her Stranger Things persona. Like so many times that she seems to be cast into right. as this weirdo. Um, <laughs> uh, Henry Cavill once again shines as Sherlock Holmes. Rather shines, he shines rather, but he plays Sherlock Holmes. I should say rather. Um, it's just reinforcing the fact that you know that the man can play a large swath of roles if only directors would let him act. Certain directors would let him, you know, act properly. Yeah. <clears throat> no kidding. Uh, but yeah, uh, fun little film. I gave it a seven out of ten. Cool. I just rather it's it's based on a book series too, so it doesn't just like come out of nowhere type of thing. Yeah, that kind of that that totally slipped under my radar. I hadn't heard about. I didn't know Henry Cavill had played Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, I said, and, and everyone's like, "Oh my god, can we please just get him?" <laughs> Actually, like, right. just dedicate a Sherlock Holmes movie. But he does. I mean, he's in there enough to where you can appreciate it. Sure. Yeah. All right. So, I I cannot say I cannot believe I'm about to tell you about this next movie tyler you're gonna be uh-huh. uh you're gonna be uh, floored that i, uh-huh. I watched this film uh, as an adult as an adult man uh-huh digimon adventure last evolution kazune pathetic i know <laughs> listen okay so this is i have to remember the description here because i this is, this is the only way i could say this uh, a surprising addition to my list, no doubt. I decided to watch the film after seeing reviews about how it was made for older fans of the original series, um, and not necessarily for people who are younger and, you know, maybe a little bit more new to the series. Right, um, yeah. A few parts that I'm sure I'm missing from not seeing the last film series that they had a few years ago, but, I mean, it's easy to pick up on. It's still Digimon. Uh, gave a very surprising twist on the original series I didn't expect. All in all, a good film and in and of itself. Uh, I'm not again, not sure how younger fans of the series would take the premise or the message, but the older fans seem to have taken it very well. Uh-huh. I gave it a 7 out of 10. Okay, cool. Next film is Fat Man. Okay, so I saw the trailer for this, and I was like, this looks freaking stupid. And then I saw a little more, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to – I'll watch five minutes of it. If it's not good, I'm going to turn it off. And an hour and a half later, I finished the film. Um <laughs> I couldn't believe it, you know? Um, you know, there's always that film that comes out where it's, like, categorized as, like, this film has no right to be as good as it was. And this yeah, film, yeah. you know, it's no exception to that, I think. Uh, the cast was fun. The story was fun. Uh, it was a, you know, just fun time overall. I was impressed with how they managed to do, like, a silly premise while still exploring. And I'm going to say this with a straight face. Uh, established Santa lore. Uh, <laughs> Right. <laughs> Never mind. There's no straight face there. <laughs> but uh, like I said overall enjoyable film. Uh, I gave it a six point five out of ten. Definitely won't be a uh, holiday classic, by the way. But right. Still, yeah. No. Still I, okay. I remember you know hearing. What? No problem. <laughs> I remember hearing about it, and it was like, uh, you know, the idea of like Mel Gibson playing Santa sounds, you know, funny as like a novelty. But I don't know that I'm going to sit down and you know <laughs> take the time to actually watch it. <laughs> And uh, I'm already, because, again, we've covered, like, half my films with yours. I'm already at my last movie before the top five, uh-huh. which was Wonder Woman. <sighs> oh, boy. Uh, you know, I wanted to end on a happy note, and I feel really bad that I'm not going to. I guess, like, you know, we get to the top five, it'll be a ni- lot nicer. Um, right. You know, surprising. Sorry, uh, surprisingly boring. 
Uh, I can't believe that I didn't like this film. Patty Jenkins is back as director, who, by the way, is a fantastic director. Yes. Uh, Gal Gadot is back in a role that suits her very, very well. Pedro Pascal is in a role that suits him really, really well. And you have uh, Chris Pine and Cal- uh, Gal Gadot back. It's like their chemistry working just as perfectly as it would in the first one. Mm-hmm. And I can't believe this didn't work. You know, the script needed more work. The cinematography, again, was on point. I like the 80s aesthetic. But that's about where the compliments really stop. It's not even that it was a superhero film, so I can just for, you know forgive it for you know some of its you know uh, misdirections. Yeah. Uh, but you know they they showed that they had a lot of competent competence from the first film. But I don't know, maybe the magic's lost. I don't know. But I I gave it a five point five out of ten. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's not the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Obviously, it's not the worst superhero film ever. That's for talk yeah. on sure. Like, God, good God. But it, there it's are worse films in this series. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. No kidding. Um, but yeah, I give it a 5.5 out of 10. Um, I, I, I've still, I still want to see another Wonder Woman film. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. This didn't kill my, my, my desire to see like, Gal Gadot and whatnot you know, come back and kick Sounds us. like it was just kind of a bummer, you know? Yeah. Like, it, yeah, no, just... it totally, totally was, yeah. Again, I said I, I hate focusing on the negatives here, but it's like, yeah, just like, right. ah, I wanted to like it. You know, I wanted to like it. You know, it's like, yeah. Come on. <laughs> I mean, like, I I gave up on like this DC series after Man of Steel, so like I haven't seen the first one, but like I was really happy to find out that the first one was good, and I figured this one would be the same. And then yeah, like I remember you saying like it wasn't so good, and you know I don't know what like some of the others have said uh i haven't really asked him about it but um but then like just kind of overall i started seeing like you know people reporting and that oh boy it's not it wasn't great like yeah so that was that was kind of a bummer mm-hmm. but you know maybe next time yeah that's it maybe next time but i said that's not what's not a bummer is uh is part two of the podcast yeah yeah <laughs> yeah to top our top five and uh uh of this crazy freaking time period and uh yeah. yeah yeah um how many how many movies total did you have oh gosh uh you're making me count huh uh i think 20 i want to say 20 okay i had um i had 28 nice um isn't it normally the other way around where it's like uh you have did see as many films as i did <laughs> i think you ask me that every year and it's only been the case once <laughs> really okay well yep. you know what i'm gonna make sure i put that in my notes for next year films. Ask Tyler. <laughs> Make sure to ask, like, wow, this is really strange that you have more yeah. films than me. Yeah. Unless, of course, next year you watch more than I do. Yeah, I mean, it's um, very possible because next year has a, has a lot of movies. We got there. a big slate. Yeah, I got a big slate. Good Let's luck. see if it actually happens. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, let me just do a cross right here. Yeah. Well, Let's then again, most of them are coming to watch. streaming, so. Yeah. All right. Um... So part two. I think the only one I think the only one I didn't watch that was on my list was Bloodshot. And it's because it's not available to rent. And I thought I'm not <laughs> spending fifteen dollars to watch Bloodshot. Oh, Lordy. <laughs> so God. it looked interesting, but you know, maybe I'll watch it later. Um so yeah. Check us out on part two. Uh it'll be up today. So um yeah. Go uh go watch that. Listen to our top fives.
Thank you for listening to the Illumination Cinema Movie Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or Google Play. For updates on this show and their other projects, get your parents' permission to go to IlluminationCinema.com.